Hey, Juvies listeners, David here. Before we get to this week's episode about The Big Lebowski, I wanted to give you a quick reminder that this podcast has spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, go rent it. You can find it on Amazon or on YouTube or something else. It's usually like $2.99. Obviously, this is like a movie everyone is always talking about. And if you haven't seen it, you kind of just kind of laugh along uncomfortably and being like, ha, 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 because you don't want to admit you haven't seen it yet. So just, just go see it. As always... If you have thoughts about this episode or Juvie or a previous episode or Juvie, write to us at our Gmail account. That's Juvies at gmail.com. That's Juvies, J-E-W-V-I-E-S at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or join our growing Facebook group, The Juvies Congregation, where you can talk with other people about the portrayal of Jewish people and Judaism in the movies. We're at Juvies at any of those platforms. And if you like our show, rate us on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us because that's a nice thing to do. Not sure when we'll get to our next movie, hopefully next week, perhaps uh, never, but either way, we'll announce it on our social accounts. For now, put on your bowling shoes and let's talk about The Big Lebowski. They posted the next round for the tournament. Donnie, shut the f***. When do we play? Saturday. Saturday? Well, I have to reschedule. Walter, what am I going to tell Lebowski? I told that fuck down at the league office. Who's in charge of scheduling? Walter. Burkhalter. I told that crowd a fucking thousand times I don't roll on Shabbos. Walter. They already posted it. Well, they can fucking unpost it. Who gives a shit? They're going to kill that poor woman, man. What am I going to tell Lebowski? Come on, dude. Uh, eventually, she'll get tired of her little game and, you know, wander on back. Yeah. How come you don't roll on Saturday, Walter? I'm Shomer Shabbos. What's that, Walter? Yeah, and in the meantime, what do I tell Lebowski? Saturday, Donnie, is Shabbos, the Jewish day of rust. That means I don't work. I don't drive a car. I don't fucking ride in a car. I don't handle money. I don't turn on the oven. And I sure as shit don't fucking roll! Sheesh. Shomer Shabbos! Walter, how am I going to... Show more fucking shows. Oh, fuck. That's it. I'm out of here. Hello, and welcome to The Juvies, a podcast about the portrayal of Jewish people and Judaism in the movies. I'm David Friedman. I'm David Wengrew. And I'm Yako Friedman. And this week on The Juvies, we're discussing the 1998 cult comedy crime movie, The Big Lebowski, written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohn, and starring Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, and most importantly, John Goodman, as Walter Sopcich. This, uh, this movie it came to us because it is apparently the 20th anniversary of this movie. Yako, maybe give us some background on, on that. I, I think you were working on something like that. Well, the reason I was interested in it was because Turner Classic Movies put this back in theaters uh, last week, the week before we're recording this. And I wanted to um, see it on the big screen. I had actually already seen it once this year at the TCM Classic Film Festival, and it was preceded by a talk back with Jeff Bridges, and that was really fun, and then I wanted to see it again. So, And it has, of course, one of the great Jewish creations of the last 20 years. That's so cool, though. What did Jeff Bridges have to say? He was totally charming and totally Jeff Bridges, but... He was the dude. He was the dude. He was the dude. Um, I so did you get to see it this week in theaters? I did. I went to see it on Wednesday night, and it was a good packed house, and it really played. It really. What played. type of so so? What type of people are coming to see it? Is it all TCM backlot members, or is just there are a lot of people? Did people know about this and were coming anyways? No, largely this was people who I think are just fans of The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski is, I would say, the Coen Brothers' most popular movie at this point. 
and it is a huge, huge cultural success. And it's a cult. It, it's a cult classic. This one. It is. It's a cult classic, and it's just really, really well loved by the folks who really well love it. So it's uh, and it, it's pretty incredible too because we talked. We did a Coen Brothers movie, you know, uh, a few episodes back when we did a Serious Man, and we talked mm-hmm. about how they've made a lot of movies, and a lot of the big name, big name movies, a lot of very influential movies, and. I mean, they made Fargo, which is probably their biz. I mean, Big Lebowski, I guess, is their most beloved. No Fargo's. Country for Old Men. Yeah, I mean, they made a lot of like you know critically acclaimed movies. Yeah, uh, and this one is, I guess, it's interesting to hear you say that it's it's the most, um, it's the most cult at this point, right? It's the one that people think about all the time. Everyone seems to have seen. Yeah. Everyone except for me until this last week. I'm surprised that you've never seen. This movie I had never before. seen this movie. Wow. Uh, this was my first time. I did not make it to the theater, though. Um, I had to rent it on Amazon. And my rental expired within, like, 24 hours, so... <laughs> yeah, so then I had to rent it. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, it's, a, it's a weird movie. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I need Too help trippy? understanding... Too trippy for you? I need help understanding the cult love for this movie and how this movie has gotten to where it is. I think it's, I mean, it's in the details. First of all, the, the, the character of the dude is in itself. Uh, every character in this movie is amazing. Well, they're very much characters. They're such characters. Yeah. And I think like every single one of them is lovable. And I mean, that's part of it. And then there's the details of the dude writing a check for his milk for 69 cents. <laughs> so how many Just times like have that. you seen this movie? Uh, this is probably my fourth. Probably when was fourth the first time. time you saw it? Um, I was going to save this to the end, but this is a absolute yeshivish movie. Yeah. And this one was floating around yeshiva, uh, I would say, high school. I saw this. And but then why? I've seen this after. Just, is it just because of the Walter character? Yes. I think it's a Yeshivish movie because of the Walter character, but I wanted to see it because I like the Cone Brothers, but everybody else watched it because of this of the Walter character. Yes. Yeah, when was the first time you saw it? Was I was it last year? No, I saw this when this came out in 1998, and I saw it in the theaters, and oh, wow. it was um I saw it weirdly enough in New York. I was with a friend of mine who I knew from Israel, and we just were in New York. We kind of didn't have anything to do that afternoon, so we went to see this movie that came out, and we both walked out and were totally confused. I think we had the same reaction that you did, Dov, and we just sort of didn't get it. Uh, I think my reaction was, what the hell was that? You know, why, why did they waste my time on this? And then it had this huge cult grow, grow around it, so I knew it was super popular, but I didn't get it until I saw it again this past April at the film festival. And I think that what David was saying is 100% correct. It's got these characters that you just love revisiting and this experience of watching them and just spending time with these beautifully constructed comic set pieces is so enjoyable and it really is something that becomes better the more you see it it really and it's not just the main characters it's the those three german band members 
It's the it's the people who came in and and you know peed on his rug. Every single character is great, down to the guy in the art studio with Julianne Moore, the guy who's just laughing. Remus Lupin. What? He's Lupin. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's played by Lupin. Lupin. I look. I'm looking at him, and I'm on this like crazy Harry Potter binge right now, uh, largely because of the binge mode podcast where I'm like rereading I, the books, rewatching. I just movies, watched Harry Potter. And I'm like, also. oh my god. It's Lupin. What'd you say? I just watched Harry Potter also. I, it's just always on TV. It's always on. Yeah. And I, and I even bought all the DVDs <laughs> on Prime Day. Um, there is a Harry Potter movie we're eventually going to do, which is Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, all right. Let's 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 dive into the summary. I think that this this podcast will probably be somewhat lighter on the juvie aspect of it and maybe just a little bit more and maybe a shorter shorter episode in general because there aren't that many characters. But let's dive in. The Big Lebowski is about Jeffrey Lebowski, who is an aging, carefree, hippie-ish guy who bowls and goes by the name The Dude. One day, some thugs mistake him for another Lebowski, who apparently owes them some money, and the thugs pee on his rug. Egged on by his friend Walter, The Dude goes to the other, richer Lebowski, to get a new rug and walks out with one. Later, he gets a call from the older Lebowski saying that his young trophy wife, Bunny, has been kidnapped, and he asks The Dude to be the courier for some ransom money. Walter intervenes to try to keep the ransom money, but it doesn't go well, and they lose the money. Then Maud Lebowski, older Lebowski's daughter, recruits the dude to help her recover the money, which her dad basically stole out of a trust for disadvantaged children. But that doesn't go great either. Then a gangster who claims to be owed the money in the first place recruits the dude to help him find the money, and that doesn't go well. Ultimately, the dude figures out that the trophy wife has never been kidnapped at all. She just went away for a bit and that the old Lebowski created the whole thing so that he could steal the money himself, and that there was never any money in the suitcase to begin with. The dude, Walter, and their bowling friend Donnie get in a fight with some German nihilists who also wanted the money, and Walter knocks them all out, but Donnie dies of a heart attack. So they scatter Donnie's ashes, and then they go bowling. Did I, did I miss anything important in this summary? No, I don't think so, but... It, it it leaves you to wonder about the ending. At least it did for I, I my the, wife. I think the summary leaves you to wonder how this movie has has taken on this such a cult following. And I, I'll say something. And I, actually, actually, Yaakov, I want to return to your original viewing for a second because I knew about this movie going in because I've only seen it now, twenty years later. But I already knew it. I already heard about, you know, here's this, here's this character. Because you see the people on Facebook who obsess about this movie, especially if you've got Jewish friends on Facebook who obsess about this movie, and they do the, the show Shabbos thing on Facebook, and you hear it. And so you kind of already know there's this character out there. I'd already known about the Walter character long before I saw the movie. But, Yaakov, when you saw this movie for the first time in 1998, were you like, did you have any idea that was coming? No, it was a complete surprise, and it was amazing. It was kind of amazing watching, um, and you got to give a little context to the people who haven't seen this movie. There's the John Goodman character of Walter Sobchak is just um, the world's most profane and dangerous and unhinged Orthodox Jew. There's no other way to say it. And, <laughs> well, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I I think I think of him as differently. I actually think of Walter Sobchak as the most um, after seeing this movie as the most well-written Orthodox Jew I've ever seen in a movie. 
Oh no, absolutely. He's the, he's, he's an amazing character and he's he's by the way the most iconic Jewish character from the past 20 years of pop culture. Without a doubt. I agree. You know, he's he's an amazing force and we talked about the dude a little bit and how Jeff Bridges has this portrayal of this great character of the dude who's this stoner and kind of quasi hippie icon, but right next to him is John Goodman's Walter Sobchak. I mean, these are two hugely original and fascinating characters, and they're both so entertaining. And it was one of the best parts of the movie when I saw it 20 years ago. You know, we couldn't believe how cool that was, seeing a character talk about being Shomer Shabbos. But, you know, not just Shomer Shabbos, just Shomer effing Shabbos. Effing Shabbos. And, but and it, was like, it got ruined, though. In yeshiva, completely, because that's the only line that was ever That's repeated. the only one anyone in yeshiva ever remembers. Well, they may not even even seen it, but they would repeat it. Right. <laughs> like, because they knew that. But that has so much meaning. When you have one character who has such an impact, because they're so well done, that people within an Orthodox community can relate to it, even though they know he's, you know, not necessarily the the, the gold standard for what an Orthodox Jew should be. He's right. kind of the best. <laughs> it's so great. Well, he's also... I mean, he's, the whole line that he says, he says, uh, Saturday, Donnie, is Shabbos, <laughs> the Jewish day of rest. That means I don't work, I don't drive a car, I don't effing ride in a car, I don't handle money, I don't turn on the oven, which I love that. Right, part. right. You know, and I sure as beep don't effing roll on... <laughs> because I'm Shomer Shabbos. Well, so it, it's like if you've ever worked in with non-Jewish people... This is like, how many times have you made given this? <laughs> you said this speech. How many times? Like this is the speech. Yeah, and it's not like the Sabbath is a. You know, he doesn't like it. it it's just very natural. Every time he brings out the Judaism, it's very natural. So let's talk about Walter and what makes him a great Jewish character. Because I think we can say from the start, we all think he's a great character and a well portrayed Jewish character in a lot of ways. Let's just talk about him from the beginning. We don't know he's Jewish until halfway into this movie. <laughs> well, they do well, plant some quotes. seeds. Yeah. You know, he talks about Herzl at the beginning. Does right. it, how early is that? I don't know. That remember. is in his is first it, scene. The Herzl thing? Yeah. yeah. And he also says in that first scene, um, it's really hard to make out. But I think he says something like, Eitzchaim he, as the wife used to say. That's right. He does. Yes, he does. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I may have missed that. Um, but Walter, in general, he is, I guess, a Vietnam veteran who's got a ton of PTSD. He pulls a gun on somebody who <laughs> may or may not have Across committed a foul in yeah. a bowling lane. And so a great. loaded gun. We find out it's a loaded gun. Uh, he, at all time has an Uzi. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's not the way he treats donnie is very funny yeah he's he's <laughs> shut up daddy shut up i bumped into your cousin uh benny on chavez yeah. and he's like i think this is the most gift movie of all time and i said i yeah. think you have the greatest gift for your brother donnie <laughs> <laughs> you're out of your element donnie um uh, yeah, uh, he's he's just he's wildly out of control. He's never and the dude the dude calls him out on it like in every scene. He's like, right. "What is wrong with you?" But then 
uh, we find out that he's a he's Jewish. He converted. He wasn't born Jewish, which is very interesting. Converted, converted yeah. Orthodox, and the concept of him remaining orthodox in his mind is never taken for granted like even though he divorced his wife has divorced him well that's what we find out afterwards where he's like you're polish catholic <laughs> right you're polish catholic but he's still he's like no i'm not <laughs> why would i give this he's up like, give me a good reason why we're in this car right now so what are your favorite what are your favorite parts about the the jewish portrayal of walter sobchak well i'll tell you what i love about him is that he's such a well-rounded character that you can believe that he's organically a Jewish character. You know, he's this guy who, by being a Vietnam vet and being pretty well educated, even though it's implied that he's also basically a moron, you know, um, <laughs> but he's been he, through his... The scene with him, the scene with him and the kid. <laughs> but even before, even before he goes and... Well, and, you knew it's not the starts, car. You, you already know it's not the kid's car. But even before that, just him sitting down with the kid and making the empty threats, it's just so great. <laughs> well, I mean, that the movie gets so much mileage out of him repeating lines, you know? He, or him talking to the guy in the machine. Right, but, but just, you know, this is what <laughs> so this good. is what happens when, you know, when you f*** a stranger in the ass. There's no way to not say it. <laughs> he says that line over and over again with this growing intensity, and it's amazing and really who but John Goodman could pull that off? I mean, it's just such an incredible performance. You have to talk about it being John I, I Goodman. I really can't think of a better uh, John think, Goodman performance. point out that John Goodman in 1998 was also in another movie we recently saw, Yoni. Which one? Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Oh, my God. So this was a, this was a marked step up from that. Yeah, I mean, can you think of a better John Goodman character? I mean, he's a great actor, but like he's great in Roseanne, the original. Roseanne. He's great in right, so much, but like in terms of movies. Well, I mean, I think his he's he's been in um, two other iconic performances in Coen Brother movies. He was in Oh Brother, We're Out. Well, though. in addition to Oh Brother, We're Out, though, I don't really think is that interesting. But um, yeah, it's it, the stuff he does in Raising Arizona is really great, where he's an escaped convict, yeah. and um, he's also in Barton Fink as really the second lead um, next to John Turturro, and he's really great in that, too. So, uh, And John Turturro has a great character in this yes, as well. Yes, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is one of the all-time great Jesus characters. Jesus the sex offender. Okay, so this is this is the thing about this movie. It introduces these characters, and you fully... It, it subverts your <laughs> expectation at every step of the way. You think you get introduced to this pedophile guy who wears all purple or all green, who's insane. Um, and you expect that this movie at some point, he's going to get his comeuppance. The movie just ignores it. He's just, he's just a fixture of the bowling alley. And that's, I think that's like the whole thing at the end of this movie is like really nothing happened. It's this <laughs> guy's telling this story that nothing <laughs> happens at the end. Right. Like you're waiting for that big scene the where they have the, the tournament. And it just doesn't come. Well, the narrator, it doesn't the narrator from the beginning of the movie yeah. pipes up, you know, this, this is yeah. the dude, that this is the guy, this is the early 90s, and it's possible that the message is nothing happened in the early 90s. <laughs> well, the, the narrator, you know, the, the stranger, I think is what the character is called, he even says at the end of the movie, well, 
I don't really know if there was much that happened. He basically admits that this is this is the ultimate um, journey, not the destination kind of movie. And that's what makes it, I think, such a great cult movie in that it's really, really worth revisiting. It isn't about some brilliant twist ending, and it isn't about... Um, how the plot comes together. It's just about experiencing it. And, and you know which character I also kind of like that. It, I like how we totally moved. I asked the question. I know. I asked but, the question of what what Jewish parts uh, of Walter have we liked? But this and we one just moved. This one character cannot top. be overlooked because because you know that Jesus is a sex offender, and then he's got that partner, his bowling partner, <laughs> the guy with the mustache. <laughs> Why? This is so perfect. Well, no. I, all right, just to bring it back to Walter, just for a minute, what I think is so great, and I got sidetracked when I was trying to say this, is that because he's a Vietnam vet and because he's educated but not terribly smart, he's this guy who's been conditioned his whole life to believe in rules and to believe in standing up to aggression, and that's the kind of guy who would really take a shining to Orthodox Judaism. So it makes sense that he would stick with Judaism even after his wife leaves him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I that mean, fits great with his character. And and when he saw those German, not, oh, at first he says they were Nazis, and then he's like, no, they're, they're harmless. They're just nihilists. <laughs> the whole joke about <laughs> him just being nihilists all the time. Um. <laughs> uh, the uh, but he does call them anti semites. Yeah, when he, when he knocks him. When out. he knocks him out. Yeah. So something I loved about Walter, um, well, I, as I said, I I liked how the Judaism was really like, it was very beneath the surface until it needed to until they made a point and that they stuck with that point. The whole it's not just that he's Jewish and they keep Shabbos. The whole callback to that next where he you know that he explains that he's Shomer Shabbos and he can't bol- roll on on Saturdays. And then he gets a call later to get picked up. And he's like, it's Shabbos. It's Arab Shabbos. I can't drive. I can't come pick you up. And then then when he actually comes and you're thinking, as an Orthodox Jew, I'm thinking, oh, well, look at that. He's driving on Shabbos. And then he says, what's the emergency? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so good. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You're going to, if you take a character, you take an ethnicity and you go into somebody's religion and you're going to make a, a character out of them instead of the way you make them a character and not a caricature is by doing the work and doing the research. And that's why this writing works. That's it's, why I love it. It's, that, it's that also character. funny of how he's mixing like the Judaism and like the, you know, the holy type stuff with the F words and all that. Yeah. The, the mixing it together is just so funny. Yeah, I think he I think at one point, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think he starts to quote the Rambam. Yes, he does. They're walking out of the bowling alley. Yeah. And he's he's already talking about something, but you hear him say the Rambam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to actually think I here's, here's a question for you. Is Walter someone you'd actually want to hang out with? I feel like we've all had a Walter friend. <laughs> uh, but I I do remember that besides it being such a big hit, I do remember like even like this one guy in yeshiva that he would walk around in a robe and the only drink that he would drink is oh, white Russians. Geez. Well, the movie is it's littered with all of these characters. And what I love about it is that it gives the characters their due. The Germans, I know this sounds crazy, but they get funnier 
when you see the movie again because you're kind of like, oh, yeah, the Germans. And also the the periphery characters like the landlord with his crazy performing arts thing. <laughs> right. You know, you're talking <laughs> right. like, oh, yeah, that guy, too. It's got so much in every corner. And it shows that, you know, the dude isn't a bad guy because he's actually going to this guy's crazy performance and he's bringing his friends. Oh, was that that? I didn't yeah. put that together. Why they were at that performance? Oh, all. really? That's the landlord. I have to understand. I'm watching this on like a. I'm watching this to set the scene on like a Tuesday night after work. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't know what actually happens in this movie. I know there's this line about Shomer Shabbos at some point, but I otherwise don't know anything about it. Chami's watching it next to me because she's never seen the movie, and she knows she has to see the movie because everyone always talks about this movie. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, she falls asleep. Literally 30 seconds before he says, I'm Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> so let's talk about the dude for a second. We talked a little bit about when we talked about uh, a serious man, you know, a serious man, whether it's closely related to the story of Eov or not. Yaakov was not so much. I was like, yeah, I think so. But the dude is kind of an Eov character in some ways. He he is just this guy who didn't ask for any of this stuff to happen. And then it just starts happening. And he's brought in by total random, just by the fact. But he goes along with it. He doesn't have to go along with it. Well, I mean, he's in the beginning, he's given like a swirly because he, he's has the same last name as somebody totally different. Yeah. But he's, he's, he has this wit to him though. He's not so dumb. Like he said, where's the money? He said, let me look down there one more time for it in the toilet. You know, that's his line. He's, but it does feel like smart. a series, a constant series of misfortunes for him. No, I don't it think does, it's that but, at all. I think you know, he's just kind of floating through life. And this is the kind of stuff that happens to him because he's obviously broke. And then this falls in his lap and he needs the money. So it works out for him, even though nothing eventually works out for him. And he, nothing works but out he at just all. Has a, a good <laughs> attitude and a very modern day yep. post hippie, kind of enlightenment and that's why he's so popular i mean he's there's there's a religion you know the church of dudism because uh, you can actually get ordained and perform weddings based on that because he's for, so you popular said for dudism dudism oh wow um all I, right i i uh, by the so, way listen uh, my, my 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 thoughts are my thoughts are is somebody out there if ever listens to this should should write some stupid you know film essay about how this is actually more eov than a serious man i won't read it <laughs> <laughs> well no nobody writes a film essay anymore now you go on youtube and you, and you overlay blog it. it with clips and you talk about it and i list i just watch those all day now really yeah, oh, i've gotten really into these. video essays video essays they're the best yeah so anything anything else on uh walter any other thoughts we haven't covered no, he's just the greatest comic creation of the past two decades. He he is an iconic character, and he's in a movie with several other iconic, hilarious characters, and that's why it's so popular. It kind of goes to show you you don't need a story if you've got if you could if you got really relatable and likable characters. Well, I'll say this: the story actually does make more sense if you see it again. The pieces come together, and there's a structure to it that's pretty clever. And it's kind of like a comedy, a comedy noir. So the, the, and, there is and story even the there. Moments, yeah. And even the moments that they set up, like, 
like David was saying with the car and you know it's not the kid's car, it's still funny. It's like you know that he's going to spread the ashes and you know it's going to go all <laughs> over Jeff Bridges and it's still funny. I did not know Donnie was going to die. That yeah. was kind of... They, they, love, they love killing Steve Buscemi, the Coen brothers. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a great role for Steve Buscemi because he's just kind of says he, every whatever he does is he tries to he tries to be like the exposition guy. He tries to be like, well, wait, what does that mean? Can you explain it? And he just gets <laughs> shot the fuck up every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. Uh, well, one one thing I was thinking about from a from a Judaism standpoint is you know. I know I don't think this was intended, but I do like to think of bowling as one of the most Jewish sports. That's true. You know? I mean, that's that's all we did. It's it's all we did growing up. It's either watch a movie or go bowling. Jewish you only had two options. Kids, yeah, they, Jewish Orthodox Jewish high school kids bowl a ton. And this could be true of all high school kids. I don't know, but especially yeshiva boys bowl a ton. Yep. I I can't even tell you how many times we went bowling. Yeah. I mean, that was really, it was like either movie or bowling, does it? I mean, we're not athletic enough to do anything else. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> Have I ever told you about probably the greatest moment of my life when a friend of mine, Josh Cooper, who I went to high school with, knew basically my whole life, went bowling with us, and he bowled a 276. Oh. He wow. was, so he literally they... had one spare instead of a strike away from a perfect game and we just witnessed it and just being that close to it was so special you know i like to say it's the greatest moment of my life and yeah that includes the birth of my kids (laughs) my my friends were getting over 240 levy levy once got i think the highest was 254 or something something like that yeah and his he has no skill. No. He just threw it right straight. down the middle just every straight. time. There was no curve. There no. was no learning how to play or anything. It was just dumb luck. I did break 200 twice. I've never done it. I think the highest I ever did was like the last time I went 150, and I felt great. Our parents have gotten really into bowling. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. They're like there every week. Are they wearing like the wrist thingy? Like they talked about buying a bowling alley oh. and making it. A what? bowling alley for alcoholics, at, but a beer-free one that they could go to. Why would I an said, alcoholic go to a beer-free Why free would you go bowling <laughs> if you couldn't drink beer? Right. I like how they have de- they've devised the one best way to lose money by owning a bowling alley. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is only for alcoholics, and there's no beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's for recovering alcoholics. <laughs> Who just wouldn't go bowling right. because they'd be like, well, this is incredibly boring. <laughs> like my mom, <laughs> my mom was like, uh, we said, what can we get? What can we get Abba for his birthday? And she's like, oh, you know, maybe get something at the, maybe get him like a, he's been talking about getting a new bowling ball. You know, go to the bowling alley and go to the bowling store there and tell them you're Mark and Linda's kid and they'll give you a deal. And I was like, first of all, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> By the way, that would be a great prank. That If you actually went, you're like, I'm Mark and Linda's kid. And they're like, what are yeah, you talking about? <laughs> no idea. Have you seen like people at Classic Bowl? <laughs> they don't know what year it is. I'm just thinking about him taking the ashes of the Folgers can. <laughs> 
how he refused to take the urn. It's just great when he's just like, is there a Ralph's nearby? <laughs> There's so much joy to watch. I mean, just the car getting destroyed throughout the movie until they, they finally right. just light it on fire. He's like, they've killed the car. They finally right. did it. What rating scale are we giving this? Pins? Something. How many effing Shomer Shabbos's can you give it? Uh, right. <laughs> sure. How many how many effing Shomer Shabbos's would you would you give this movie? Out of five? Out of uh sure, five. Yeah, I mean I Yeah, I mean I'd give it a, a five. Why not? It was just really good. Yeah, I'm with you, because this movie is exactly what I think of when I think about the portrayal of Jewish people in movies. I don't think a Juvie has to be, you know, a stranger among us, where it's literally everyone is Jewish, or every character is Jewish, uh, or, uh, or Prince of Egypt, where the story is a Jewish story. It's, it's enough that if main character is Jewish, but actually there's some some part of him that's Jewish other than his lineage, just being born to it. And here they take a character who isn't even born Jewish right. and make him more believably Jewish. And passionate. He's and more, passionate. more passionate and more willing to say something about his Judaism yeah. than most characters ever will. So, you know, I love it. I liked how they, uh, I, I, you know, as a movie, I don't need to see it again. I'm not like, this isn't going to be my cult favorite movie ever. But the, Walt, the character of Walter is great. And, I, you know, it's a lesson in how to write one of these characters. I'll give it four. Um, I, I think it's it's a difficult movie to get into. That's its only, my only critique is that the first time I saw it, I really was just befuddled. And um, it requires more than one viewing to actually appreciate. But... That said, Walter Sobchak is the great Jewish character of the last 20 years. And that's why it was important that we did this mini-sode. Uh, this episode is just as long as all the other episodes. <laughs> I'm hope, hoping you cut down on a lot of it. No, I don't, I don't think I'm going to spend the time doing that. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm just going to let it roll. All right. Well, uh, as always, a fun episode. Good to be back again. Not sure when we'll be back again, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. For the Juvies, I'm David. I'm David. And I'm the dude. There you go. Thanks for listening. Here we are. It's Shabbos, the Sabbath, which I'm allowed to break only if it's a matter of life or death. You come off it, Walter. You're not even fucking Jewish, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Man, you're fucking Polish Catholic. What the fuck are you talking about? I converted when I married Cynthia. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this. You're living in the fucking past. 3,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past!